What's going on, everybody? If you're looking for a film to watch with the family this weekend, check out Sincerely Brenda. You can go to Amazon Prime Video and search Sincerely Brenda. It's a great story about forgiveness and redemption and family. And please rate the film and leave a review for me. I really appreciate that. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Life Beyond the Left. And now your house, my daddy, Kenneth Nelson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I am your host, Ken Nelson, and on today's episode, and I'm so excited to have this guy on the episode, um, he was actually, Al was actually, Al Martin was actually on my very first episode. It's really the second episode, but it was the first episode that I had guests. So Al came on with Deborah Lane Spencer and Letitia Thomas because they were starring in my uh film i vow and so he came on to talk but you know I, i'm like a lot has happened since i vow um has dropped a lot has happened for al and so i wanted to get him on the show just to to you know just to learn more about al you guys to learn more about him to talk about all the great things that's been happening in his life uh since he was on the podcast and um bro welcome man Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate you, bro. And yeah, a lot, a lot has happened since that that very first podcast, including Life Beyond the Lens absolutely blowing up. Before we went live, man, I was telling you, bro, hey, when, when this thing goes international, just cut a brother a check for the name, all right? Bro, <laughs> so here is, here is a funny story. And so we got mm-hmm. it on wax now. It's on wax. So Oh, it's, like, it's on wax right it's now. It's on sure. wax. So yeah. the name originally was Life Behind the Lens and uh, put it up. And when I was on his, his episode dropped and I put on Facebook, oh, just so happy to be on, you know, Life Behind the Lens. And I, I messaged out like, hey, Al, uh, it's actually Life Behind the Lens. And he's like, oh, my bad, bro. I'm going to change it. So Latoya yeah. and I, my wife, my wife was like, that's not actually, that's not bad. That's not because there was actually something else I did that had that name behind and, uh, you know, I was like, well, let me just recycle it in this. But then we just weren't settled in that. You know, it wasn't settled in our spirits. And then he had the little happy, happy accident on Facebook. And then yeah. we're like, yo, I think that might that might be it. So, yes. So that's, when I get that's that, that's fine. I'm about to cut you them, some royalty check, Al. I'm about to cut you the royalty when check. You, when, when the big networks come calling, brother, just just make sure I get something in the mail once a month and I'm good. <laughs> but it's so, it's so crazy. We were, we were talking before we just went live, man, and it's – it's just nothing but God, bro. Nothing but God working, and uh, you you are doing uh, amazing, amazing work. And uh, again, before we get started, too, I want to say, um, you know, uh, congratulations to you and Latoya. Ten year anniversary. Thank That's you, huge, thank man. You. That is that is huge, bro. You guys are so inspiring, and uh, thanks for having me on, bro. It's a pleasure. Man, man, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. It's an honor to have you on, bro. Like I, I um, I was like, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I, I always prepare for my podcasts. You know, yeah, I always prepare. Gotcha. You know, like, you know, this is what you do every day, though, Al. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you you, you, right. you interview people, you're talking, you're on, you're on the radio, you're on TV. Like, you have a, you're a great personality. Like, so I'm like, I, you know, I, I got to make sure I, I, I come with it, you know. Oh, you're too this kind. Episode. Well, when you first, <laughs> the first episode, man, I and I've been tuning in every single weekend and just, just watching you know, not, not just pay attention to the guests. Of course, you have great guests and great content, but watching your evolution 
as a broadcaster because that's what you are right now in doing this podcast. You have grown so much, bro, and it, and it's it's beautiful to witness that, man. It just just don't take my job, man. All right, no, I, I'm look, trying man, to put no. food on the table. All right, look, <laughs> come man. on, Ken. I don't know, man. You got you got the hair going on. I you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You got the, man, you're good. You're, you're good. doing a, you're doing a great job though, Ken, without a doubt, bro. No, For man, sure. thank you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. Seriously, man. Um, no, but at, look, as you all can hear and see, like Al has a great presence. And that's one thing that, um, I know you reached out to me like, cause I remember when you first, I'll be back up. I remember when you came to MSU, like I remember, I believe what year was that when you started? working man i i went WKR. oh when i first got the job at kar i got the job in 2013 that was april of 2013 because i graduated from michigan state in may of 2012 i you know went back home to the west side of detroit sitting back at home with the fam just miserable like when am i going to get a job in broadcasting uh that three months felt like three years for me especially an uber busy student like i was and then uh, I got a call from from WLNS TV six Channel six News up here in Lansing, Michigan. Fred Human, who I inter- interned there for for two years, their third guy was leaving. He knew my work from you know my internship with him, and said, "Hey man, we got an opening. You, you want to come in for an interview?" I got long story short, I got hired at Channel six. I was just there for a cup of coffee, Ken. I was there at Channel six for about what six months. And then WKAR's longtime legendary broadcaster by the name of Earl Robinson, he was retiring, and they were going to try and figure out, okay, who's the next guy who's going to replace Earl? Ken, I had no interest in doing radio. I have always been a TV guy. It's what I specialized in at Michigan State. I had no interest in that job. But, again, when God works, when he says move, you move, or eventually he'll make you move. Right. And – and, and it's so crazy, man. Like, I got this email from Gary Reed, who was the, the former station manager there. I remember look, I was in Chicago at the time working the Big Ten tournament, bro. I got the email saying that, hey, I saw you on 11 o'clock news. Would you be interested in, in applying? It was halftime of the Michigan State game at the Big Ten tournament out in Chicago. I was there with Fred Human. I read that email. And I remember putting my phone back in my suit jacket like, uh, that's, that's Earl's old job. I don't want to do radio. It was nothing but God. I, when I, I it, when he talks, it's, it's it's just a whisper. He told me at that moment to take that phone back out, show the email to Fred, and Fred gave me a reaction like, yo, they see something in you, why not apply? And also, and that speaks volumes to the mentorship of Fred Human because he could have been selfish and said, look, you're happy at Channel 6, right? You don't want to rehire if they're, if they're really interested in, me, interested in me. But anyway... I reached out back to him, man. It was a five-round interview process, and they got me when they said, we just don't want you to do radio. We want to do a TV show as well in front of a live studio audience. And then wow. they talk about checks. We were talking about checks at the beginning. Like, my, my pay, they told me how much I would be making. It was, like, like double what I was making at Channel 6. And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> you got me now. And, and I made that move, bro, and... Uh, and this is coming from a guy who had never done radio. I had never done radio, not one minute of it, Ken. And now I go from that to having a, a daily radio show live on the air for an hour and doing TV on top of that. So that's how I ended up at WKAR. So that was April of 2013, bro. And I've been there ever since. And I remember seeing 
news about you coming in. I was working at MSU at the time. Um, yeah. In a business college. And I remember seeing news of this guy coming in, WKR. And I'm like, oh, yo, they got young, fresh talent coming in. So I was cool, but we never, like, crossed paths, right? And I remember right. I was working with um, E.T. for a couple of years. And I remember he did an internship during the summer. And I remember he sent some of the interns, some young ladies over to KR. And I just remember them coming back and saying, oh, we met with this cool dude. He was so cool. He, he just gave us so much information. He was so helpful, blah, blah, blah. And like, who was oh, Al Martin? I'm like, oh, I know Al. I don't know him, known, but I know of him there. And so, again, never crossed paths. Then Brenda came up, Sincerely Brenda. And I remember, uh, and I was pushing this film and we were screening all over the place, going to festivals. And then I remember people at MSU getting wind of, of this film and then just kind of, I guess there was chatter. And then you reached out to me randomly and was just like, hey, I heard about this film, Sandra Brenda's, people been talking about it. Love to just chat one day, bro. I'm like, cool. And I think we kind of like just was text messaging, not well, Facebook and whatever, back and forth right. for a while. But the first time we actually spoke, spoke was I vowed when I came around and we got on Zoom, but we actually met on set. The first day on we set. Did. We met in person and this was crazy. It speaks to like, we get into it, but the, the chemistry with all of you all. Um, but again, as I was saying, like when I first started, like you hear Al, you see Al, you see the presence and the energy. And that is, I mean, bro, like I just got to just commend you for that, man. Because I'm like, it's like when you come on to the scene, when you come into the space, you just kind of just, there's this amazing energy that comes off of you that, blesses mm. everybody and that increases the energy and the and the positivity of everybody around you man just every like when you came to the we shot behind the scenes stuff you walked mm. in and just changed the energy in the place man and so i just love that about yeah. you bro like again I, i'm just like man that is and again i saw that and i was the character rashad as well in the film oh, so we had conversations about sure. that and we did and you know, and you know a lot of that too. And thank you, thank you so much, bro. That that those words mean a lot, especially coming from you, man. And, and a lot of that is just a you know a product of how my grandfather was. You know, I was raised by two amazing grandparents. You know, my, my parents they they worked a lot, so during the day, you know, uh, growing up, I was I was with them. And my grandfather, I just never forget one. His work ethic. That was always number one. He, he was just such a hard blue collar worker. And two, you know, it was like one A and one B. Not yeah, not number two, one A and one B really was his personality, how he dealt with people and being that people person and, and you know, bringing, you know, that 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 sunshine to any thunderstorm that he walks in. And uh, I've always just took that serious man in my outlook on life. I am a super, 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 maybe to like an annoying like perspective to some, but I am a super, super, super optimist, bro, in everything, everything and anything, man. So uh, to hear you say that, Ken, I, I really appreciate that, bro. Thank you, man. No, and so you answered the question I was going to ask you about, you know, your beginnings a bit, like where do you come from? Like the stock where you yeah. come from? Because, you know, um, again, those qualities that I see in you, um, and you, you mentioned, so you mentioned your grandparents. And so just, just, just go back, man, like, how well first of all did you always want to be an actor um and took a different path or what what when what was young al like again talk about your background a bit man <laughs> yo 
Young Al was incredibly, believe it or not, Ken, incredibly shy. Bro, if somebody would have told me back in my elementary school days, even in my high school days, probably like the, especially the beginning of my high school days, that I would be a broadcaster slash actor, actor slash broadcaster, I would have died laughing at you. I used to have, you know, well, you know when you're growing up and we all have to do this and you have to do like public speaking, right? So from the west side of Detroit, uh, went to went to high school, though, in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, at Annapolis High School, which was a, a very diverse high school. You know, it was majority white, actually, and which really prepared me for my experience at, at Michigan State University, uh, to, to be honest with you. Um, but back in high school, I remember, man, like my first I didn't really break out of my shell probably until like my sophomore year. But my freshman year and, and, and you know, uh, uh, prior to that. You know, when you got to do these projects, right, where you got to get up and public speak and talk to the class and present. Man, I used to get so nervous. Just like, man, I mean, public speaking is the number one fear, right? But I, I used to get, like, have physical reactions, you know, get nervous. My stomach start bubbling, palms sweating. And I used to dread it. But i never forget, I took a speech course my sophomore year of high school. And and Mrs. LeBeau, shout out to you. Love you to death. She, you know, we used to do have to, have to do speeches at least three times a week. And I remember, I, I remember that first week where we had to go up in front of the class and talk. And I, I just, I forget what speech it was, but I nailed his speech, right? And I just see the reactions of everybody sitting down, you know, my fellow classmates. And they were like, it was a powerful speech. One girl was in tears in the back. I'm like, yo. I could have that kind of an impact just by going up there and, and being transparent and genuine and, and speaking to an audience. I was hooked, bro. I brought, I totally broke. Like once I got a taste of that, I fully embraced it, man. I remember my, my, um, I, I wrote for the school newspaper as well. It was called the Cooper Crier uh, at Annapolis <laughs> high school. I know, right? The Cougar Crier, bro. We were the Cougars, man. We were Royal blue and gold, baby. And, um, you know, I, in the midst of me playing sports and everything, because I was, I was, uh, I was on, on, you know, uh, the basketball team, the captain of the basketball team and everything. And that's when I really started to break out. But my, my newspaper uh, uh, teacher, I guess you could say, Mr. Allenson, he saw something in me, man, and he saw my passion I had for sports. And, you know, he stopped me in the hallway one day and said, hey, Al, uh, I, I think I want to, you know, in, invite you to uh, – to write for the school newspaper and possibly be our sports editor. I had no, had absolutely no interest in doing it at first until he said that. So I said, hey, I'll come in. You know, he invited me to come in one day for, for the class. And I so came in, familiar. man. It and you see the pattern? <laughs> and it's nothing but that higher power, bro. Again, and this is, this is the thing. So I want to give a shout out to all of, of the teachers out there because you have no idea the impact a lot of you guys do, but but I don't think you really know when you're when you're teaching and, and molding young minds. You have no idea how you can steer the trajectory of young minds when you're just doing your job on the daily. And Mr. Allenson, Mrs. LeBeau, I could go on and on and on, but but those two really um, put me on this path, man. And I wrote for the school newspaper. Uh, I became the sports editor. Loved it, absolutely loved it, man. And then when college hit, you know, I'm sitting there. You know, my brother went to Michigan State. Um, and I remember he brought me up here. Uh, Maurice Davis is his name. Uh, he's, he's actually a lawyer 
uh, prosecuting attorney in Detroit now. But I remember he brought me up for a visit, man, and I loved just the vibe of Michigan State, man. He brought me around all his fraternity brothers. I'm a member of the great Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And uh, and I pledged my freshman year in college. I don't know what I was thinking, Ken. I was out of my mind doing that. Uh, but anyway, that's another story for another day. But anyway, but I, I came up there and this divide was great. And then I was doing research and I found out that, you know, Michigan State had the, you know, the top sports journalism program in the state. And I'm like, man, I'm, I love doing this in high school. Why not go to, to Michigan State and, and pursue it, man? And, that, and that's how it happened. But, you know, your original question, man, you know, what was young Al like? Young Al was incredibly shy, bro. It's like yin and yang now, man. Like, but but the influence of those those two teachers, man, really really opened my eyes a bit. So so you said something. You said that you learned just um, you saw your grandfather, um, your grandparents, and you know just you learned you to have that positive um, outlook and positive um, just the mindset. You know, I read a lot of your posts and, and, and like, again, I watch you and, and you have this incredible mindset. But talk about when when uh, just give me like a story about, like uh, I guess, something that you saw your grandparents do that had a great impact on you. And you said it was at a young age where you're like, OK, I'm going to be like this. Like or was mm-hmm. it not until you got older where you said I, did you have to change some things about yourself to get to where you are now? Just talk about that impact that they had on you, if that, that makes sense. For sure. No, that, that, that definitely makes sense. I think for me, Ken, first of all, um, for anybody that knows me or follows me, I am I am very spiritual. And uh, my faith is is everything. And that, that has a lot to do with that that eternal optimist that that is me. Um, and that has everything to do with them, number one, because, you know, when, when I was growing up, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather, even when we didn't even want to, I didn't enjoy going to church growing up, you know, what, what, there ain't a lot of kids that do, but I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was so shy too, being around people, grandma and, and grandpa made us get up on Sunday morning, get dressed and go to church. Even if I was sitting there, you know, young, eight, nine years old, sleeping during half the service, I was still in that presence. And, you know, and I would see my my grandparents, you know, reading the Bible just on a on a Monday evening, Tuesday afternoon and them teaching me about the Bible. And I didn't know. And I'm sitting there like, all right, I just want to go and watch the game. I want to go and, you know, uh, go outside and play. I did not know at the time. It's, you know, hindsight is 2020 when you look back at your upbringing. I didn't know at the time the kind of impact that that was having on me. And, you know, when you get older and you go through certain things and go through certain experiences, how much you, you, you lean on, on, on your faith. But number one, it was that faith base. Um, that that's number one, what they instilled in me. And then number two, you know, an experience, um, I'll, I'll say, I'll share this because I don't think I've openly talked about this. Uh, because because it, it it can have such a it does have not can it does have such a profound impact on a, a young kid watching your parents go through an ugly divorce my parents went through a very ugly divorce when and it wasn't like when i was you know i, I wasn't real young man i wasn't like you know five or six and barely remembered it 
I was 13 years old, you know, just reaching my teenage years and things started happening. You know, my, my, my parents, they weren't getting along. They were, they were arguing a lot. Um, uh, and, and it even got physical at one point and I was involved a little bit, you know, you know, and, and when that happened, um, and my, and my mom, I remember I, I was at school one day, my sister and I were at school, my sister Dominique and I were at school and it, it, it got real ugly the day before. So when my parents went to work, my mom didn't go to work and she moved all of our stuff out of the house on the West side of Detroit to Taylor, Michigan. While we were in school, we had no idea what was coming. We get out of school and I get picked up by mom. And she like, yeah, we we not going back to, to, to Granville and Joy Road. We we heading to Taylor. I'm like, what? So we we go out there, man, and, and I see my mom breaking down in tears. My my dad turned to, into this person I didn't even recognize. And I'll never forget, man. You know, because my grandparents are the rock of the family. In the midst of all of that, and 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 and, and uh, you know, seeing tears from my mom and everything, my grandfather and grandmother were always there, and always that shoulder to to, to lean on and cry on because it had an effect on me. I'm like, why is this happening? And they were always that rock. And my grandfather specifically would say, "It's gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. This is this is part of life." You know, it's part of life. You're going to be all right. You're young. You know, your, your mom is going to find her happiness. Your dad is, is going to find his happiness. Just, just wait and see. You know, just always being that that positive reinforcement. But that was a tough, tough time, Ken. And, um, you know, because they were married. They got married right when I was born. I was born in 1990. I just turned 30 this year, man. And uh, when, when that happened, you know, at 13, seeing this 13-year marriage just totally fall apart. And I'm thinking my parents, you know, when you're young, you think your parents are going to stay together forever. Yeah. And then something like this happens, uh, it had an effect on me, man. And seeing how my grandparents were always the the eternal optimist and always that shoulder to cry on and, and how they were that positive reinforcement that, hey, everything's going to be all right and, and this is life. Uh, that was the experience for me that really showed who they were, you know? And show who they were and then like made a lasting impression on you. And so at that young age, at 13, did you consciously say at some point, you know, this is what I want to, I want to be like this. For sure. For sure. Especially, you know, um, my, my grandfather, he passed away when I was in college. Um, uh, it was, it was like what, 2011, no, 2010, December of 2010. And he passed away from, from prostate cancer. And it was at that moment, Ken, when I saw him every day, knowing that he was in excruciating pain, still waking up and, and, and living this life that is still so positive. Like, hey, I'm all right. I remember we used to, my uncle Ray and I, we used to take him to uh, his cancer treatments at uh, Carmano's. And I'll never forget this. We were... I remember it was a holiday season one year and we're, we're driving there and he's in excruciating pain. Ken. And I can see it on his voice, you know, little grimaces here and there. But, you know, I would talk, I'm like, Pops, you all right? You know, like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I bought them lions the other day. Right? And he'll just change the subject and just start talking about something different. And he always had a smile on his face. 
even in those in, in those real down and out moments, and he knew he knew that it, it was going to get worse uh, and not get better. Um, but seeing how he handled that, it was at that moment, Ken. I was like, "Yo, that's the kind of man I want to be. That's that's the kind of strength I want to have. That's the kind of perseverance I want to exhibit when people meet Al Martin." And uh, that, that's something that I think about. I don't think there's a day that goes by, man, um, that, I, that I don't think about him and, and how he handled that. And my grandmother as well, when he passed, her strength, she didn't cry. She, I, I've never seen my grandmother cry. I, that is, it's so crazy to say that. You know, they, they, they were together since, you know, she's nine. She just turned 93. Her, day, her birthday is the day after mine. I'm October 7th. She's October 8th. And she just turned 93. I've never seen my grandmother cry. And she is just so strong. Sure, does she have her days when she's kind of down and out and she gives me a call like, oh, I'm, you know, just, you know. And she just lost her her sister, uh, who was 92, um, not too long ago. But she'll call me like, yeah, you know, just lonely over here. But I'm all right. The good Lord is blessing me with another day. Like, that's, I mean, it just, it, it just touches my heart, man. And, and but. When my grandmother and, and grandfather, um, you know, uh, my, my grandfather passed and, 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 and seeing how he handled that and seeing how my grandmother responded to it, that's when I knew. I, I looked at them and said, that's, that's the kind of person I want to be. Man, that's incredible. Man, this is why I started the podcast, first off, because, and I'll, I'll take it to the film side, like as a writer, director, you know, actor, this is what. You know, as an actor, you know, this is what you do. You have to inhabit the characters, but not just inhabit, but you have to understand, like, the roots of this character, like, why they make certain decisions, why they, you know, and, and you have to really. And so I started this podcast for reasons just like just like that, man, because, again, I see you. I, I see that energy that you have. And I always question, like, man, it's it could be difficult to stay positive or to be positive with that brain and energy. You have bad days too. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, yes, where does that come from? And so you just answered, and it's just so important, man. That's just, that's so powerful because, you know, no matter what you're going through, um, if you're in a space or even personally, if you're by yourself, that positivity, um, can cure disease. It can, or, you know, and, Yes. If you're with other people, even though, you know, it's your grandfather passed from from it, but he he could have been bitter and angry and he could have passed that seed. He could have planted those seeds in you and his wife and his granddaughter. You know what I mean? And you guys could have become bitter and angry and say, yeah, you're right. Like my parents, this happened. And yeah, you're right. That happened. And yeah, you have this disease. And yeah, I'm angry. But he did the opposite. And mm -hmm. to see, you know, the manifestation of that. And, and mm -hmm. how you are, you know, and what you're giving to people and how you're building others. I mean, it's just amazing, man. That, it just answers. <laughs> I'm like, right. Oh, I see why Al is that way. I see. It's not like, oh, I'm just trying to be happy and cheerful. And it's this fake thing. No, it is like who you are. And, and to hear yeah. that story, it's just, man, that's incredible, bro. That's incredible. And, and you know what the other thing, too, Ken, is that, you know, my, my uncle actually, he told me this story about, uh, my grandfather one day because uh it, it's so challenging in 2020 i think i vow speaks to this no i don't think i know i vow speaks to this it's so challenging to have a healthy marriage in 2020 right 
divorce rates are through the roof. And I remember my uncle told me one day that he he asked my my grandfather during his later years, like, how did you make your marriage work? And, and this is, you know, first off, I, I think that when it comes to our, our grandparents and our great grandparents, you know, it, it was just tradition to stay together, right? No matter what you went through. I mean, you, you stay, especially in the black families, like it's rare to find like, okay, yeah, my, my, my grandfather who's in his seventies, yeah, he's divorced. It's rare to find that, but you know, our, they, they stayed together through, through difficult times. So he asked my, my grandfather, how did you guys, how'd you guys do it? And, and, and he told me that my grandfather said, did we have our difficult times for sure? which married couple doesn't but i knew that one i love this woman and that two at the end of the day marriage is for life and whatever obstacles come our way we're going to work through it and i know that if i work through it and i stay together it's going to have an impact on you guys seeing a healthy marriage that no matter what happens through thick and thin stays together you guys are going to see that as my children and hopefully you learn from that so that when you get married and you encounter hard times you can remember you know your your mom and dad we made it through and and, and that's another thing too man when, whatever i do can that was such a big lesson, and I, I, when my when my uncle told me, I'm like, wow, because it had that that had an impact on me because it it made me conscious of this. Whatever I do, whoever I meet, whatever interaction I have, whether it's five minutes or five days or five years, I want to have an impact on that person that is going to be one that's positive, not negative. I am so conscious of when I am meeting somebody, when I am talking to somebody, that I am projecting an energy that is one of positivity at all times. And that is something my, my grandfather obviously was conscious of, uh, whether that whether that was, you know, his kids or whether that was me. And when it comes to me, whether that's, you know, uh, my cousins, my, my aunties, uncles, friends, whoever I come in contact with, you, you, you are projecting an energy and what do you want people to say about you when you lead this earth? And I, I am so conscious of that, man. No, that's incredible. And again, I see it. You're representing that every time I see you. It, you represent it in your posts. You represent it in everything that you do, man. And so um, now I want to talk about just kind of the, the and you, you, you mentioned it, the mindset, the why behind it, like the examples that you saw. But I know that Obviously, we see Bruce Lee behind you. Um, hey, we, he had to make a cameo yeah, today, man. He had to make the cameo. <laughs> you know, you 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 reference um, Michael Jordan. You reference, you know, Tiger Woods a lot. But really, the three I really see you reference a lot is, is Bruce Lee, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. How important is a mindset? It, it is It is everything. And yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Bruce is, is number one. You know, my hero next is, is Mike, three is Tiger. And then you know, Kobe was a late addition, man, because of because I used to hate Kobe Bryant growing up, actually. <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to lie. I can't watch what he used to do to my Pistons on the daily. 
you know, on, on a game by game basis, man. But his mindset was so much like Michael's. I fell in love with him late in his career. But to go back to your question, mindset, Ken, is everything, bro. And I can tackle it from so many different angles, but but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. When it comes to how I approach things, number one, if I'm going to do something, it's, it's not going to be dipping my toe in the water. It is going to be me fully submerged. And, and when it comes to, to acting, um, I'll get to broadcasting in a minute. When it comes to acting, I, I didn't, I didn't pursue, because you asked a question, when did I start pursuing acting, Ken? I didn't start pursuing acting until, it'll be five years this January, actually, which is crazy, right? But the thought was always there dating back to probably elementary school for me. It was like, man, you should, it was always one of those things like, man, you should, you should try it out. You should do it. You should try it. And I would just, ah, no, one day, one day. And just keep on pushing it off, right? But um, I had an experience, man, where I I was, I never forget, I was at, I was at Riverview Church here in the the greater Lansing area. And it was uh, January, five years ago, right? And I was sitting in, in, in the, you know, congregation, man, and and the pastor was preaching one. I never forget the sermon. It was on the book of Esther. And and Esther has such an amazing story. And 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 I think there's so many takeaways just from her story when it comes to just purpose and destiny, right? And I forget, I, I was sitting in the pew and I heard a voice. Again, you I, I the second time I'm talking about this, right? Because I heard the voice when I was in Chicago about you know the whole job at, at WKAR, but I it was a small still voice and a voice I've heard before though. I've heard this voice before where it's like, hey, Al, football acting. And I'm like, oh, here go that voice. Because he was talking about the part about, you know, Esther walking into her destiny and listening to that voice. And I heard it. And I'm like, "Uh, here we go again. And I brushed it off. And I finished listening to the sermon. You know, I'm a big workout buff now, man. And uh, I always work out at night, like late at night, like around midnight. And it was the same day. I'm in my car driving to the gym. And Joel Osteen radio is on. Ken, I just turned him on randomly, like, like, like I always do. And that night, what is he preaching on? The same exact message that I had heard, what, like eight hours prior to, bro. About the book wow. of Esther, the sa- not just that, the same exact passages. I had to go to my notes just to make sure I wasn't tripping out. I I, I got to the gym. I, I put the car in park. And I remember, man, I listened to that whole, because they the way they do Joel Osteen Radio on Sirius XM, it's in 30-minute increments. I had started it like, like around like midnight, and I got it only takes like nine minutes to get to the gym. I listened to that whole sermon to like 1230. And when it was done, I, I remember turning off the car, turning off the radio. And I looked up and said, look, I don't know how we going to do this, but we going to do it. And that was the moment, bro, where I made up my mind I was going to pursue it. 
And it's crazy, crazy story after that because uh, things I can't explain started happening where people I had known for years who had been acting, I didn't even reach out to them, Ken. They reached out to me. And, and that led to me finding my acting coach and then me getting into a class. And then I was so, what's the word, man? Self-conscious of me making it public that I didn't let anybody know that I had been pursuing this and taking classes and doing these scene studies for three years until I was three years into it. When I made a post after I had put together this little demo reel and done some small stuff in some student films, and did I make the guy was like, all right, it's time to make it public. Pastor Michael Todd talks about making it public. It was right right around the time I think when he like made that sermon. Yeah. And I, I was like, I heard that voice, like, all right, it's time to make it public. But it was three years. I was grinding underground for three years. Nobody knew it. Then I put that video out, and then people knew, oh, now it's acting now. Um, but the mindset that I had to approach that with, to go back to your original question, Ken, if I'm gonna do something, bro, I am going to do it. Is not, I, I'm going to study hard. I'm going to be obsessive about it. And that's, and I truly believe that, man. I think that whatever you pursue, if, you're, if your goal is greatness, because some people just want to, I don't know, the notoriety, the, the fame, I guess. But for me, I'm, I just want to be great at whatever I do. And, and, and that's a competitive drive that my dad actually instilled in me when I was real, real young that if you want to be great at it, you got to be obsessive. You, you, you got to think about that thing every single day. It's got to annoy you that you're not making progress or, you're, or that you're not mastering this aspect of it. And, that, and that's just my personality, dude. And, and that's something that, that drives me. It's how Bruce was, right? It's, you know, I'm, I'm reading his latest book from his, his daughter right now called Be Water, My Friend, and she's talking about how obsessive Bruce was. We just saw the last dance documentary with Mike. Right. Yeah. Mike was the first one there, the last one to leave, studying his opponents, obsessive about it. Tiger Woods, the same way. Kobe Bryant. Um, I just watched, just show you how Kobe was. I just watched, and it's one of my favorite documentaries. I, I encourage all your listeners out there to watch it, man. Um, it's a Spike Lee documentary that hooked you already. Oh, yeah. Yep. On Michael Jackson. Right? Have yeah. you seen it, kid? called off the wall it's a it's amazing seen it oh it's it's about that i'm gonna have to check that out i watched it thanksgiving because i was sitting back i'm like i ain't doing nothing else for thanksgiving so i watched it i've I've seen it many 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 times but it's it's called it it details spike details michael jackson's moment where he went from going you know from this you know this this cute little kid singing with jackson five to leaving uh, Motown Records and going over to Epic. And then the moment Mike made up his mind that I want to go solo and try this thing out and pursue his own greatness, his personal greatness, his personal journey, and, and what he did. Kobe Bryant is in the documentary because a lot of people don't know that Michael Jackson was a mentor to Kobe Bryant, invited him to his house and would talk about, you know, uh, being obsessive about your craft. But in the, I say all that to say in that documentary, Mike was obsessive. Like he's sitting there behind the legends for hours, behind Stevie Wonder, you know, behind Smokey Robinson, just taking mental notes and, 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 and this drive, this inner drive. And I truly believe, Ken, that whatever you want to do, man, 
if you truly want to be great at it, that's the mindset you got to approach it with. And that's just, that's just how I am. That's just how I've, I've been raised, you know? So let me ask this. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to ask this question for the people that are listening. You know, we hear a lot about, about that, the mindset before I ask, I'm going to take a sip of water too. And I'm going to bring Mm. attention. I'm going to bring attention to this horrible blue giant (laughs) water mug. Right. I, I thought I was upgrading from the water. You know, the water, plastic water bottle. The plastic water bottle, a, yeah. And I got the horrible blue. And I br- I'm drawing attention. <laughs> I'm drawing attention to this because my wife told me, you can't drink out of the, the plastic bottle, you know. And so I upgraded to a horrible blue thing. And I see why now, Al. People uh, drink out of mugs. Right. On TV. <laughs> you just lifted your well, mug up. You, you, you right. just lifted your mug up. And it's just not obtrusive. It's you know, not, it's not, bro. it's not distracting. It's not at all. And right. I just pulled this up. I'm like, a... I'm all <laughs> dry mouth. Kids about to drink some water now. Look at the mug he has because it's popping out at you. Okay, right. now we're back to business. I'm all dry mouth. I'm like, I don't know if I can pick. Let me just take a water break. So no, man, Nike, you know? just do it, bro. Just do it. They don't care. <laughs> Again, I'm still learning the game. You know, right? No, I'm you're learning good. You're good, the game. Bro. So. <laughs> You're doing well. You're doing well, man. I'm gonna have a next mug time, next I'm time. To get you, I know. I know what to get you for Christmas, bro. I'm gonna send you a mug, right? Uh, please for, for, for the holidays. I got please. you, bro. Thank you. I Thank got you. you. Yeah. But yeah. the question that I wanted to ask, and I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question because we hear a lot about mindset and, and obsession and all these. But what is it that for people that may be listening, sometimes we cannot see ourselves, right? Some of the uh, I call it negative qualities or the things that may be holding us back, right? Um, what What is the opposite of that? Like, what is it that, like, we, we see people that have talent and you have, like, this goal and this dream. What do you think stops us, right? If you have to be obsessive about, you know, getting better and the goal and the dream, what is the opposite? What is the thing that stops us, right? So I'll, I'll ask this back at you. The thing that stops us from working hard or the thing that stops us from actually going out there and pursuing what we're pursuing. Because I think those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Because I'll yeah. say this. There's a lot of people that say, all right, I want to go to the NBA. All right, I, I want to become uh, the CEO of a, of a Fortune 500 company. I want to become an actor. Uh, and not just an actor, but a great actor. It's it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to go out there and 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 execute and and be willing to tell yourself that okay, that's the goal. Let me figure out what I need to do to get to the goal, and then to execute. There are so many people that have this vision, this dream for whatever they want. But Ken, they're lazy. Let's just call it like it is. They don't want to do the work, especially, look, I'm I'm talking to my generation and also I'm talking to Gen Z right now. We think that that if, I'll say we, I'll say the majority of us, because I truly believe this. I had a conversation with my homie about this the other day, that if if you say you're going to do something or you have this goal in hand, we think that, all right, I say it and I put in a little work, 
how within the next year or two, I should be, I should meet that goal. I should be at the pinnacle of whatever I'm saying I'm, I'm doing. No, it takes time. And most people aren't patient enough to wake up, get up every single day and just hammer a little bit at a time at the craft. Rome wasn't building a day, Ken. And, and that is something I'm totally conscious of. You gotta have that goal, yes, but you gotta understand what it takes in order to execute the little things day by day by day and to have the patience to say to yourself that, all right, I, I may not be there yet when I'm getting there, baby. And some people throw in the towel when, when, and you never know, you, you may be so close to it. There's somebody out there listening to this that may be so close to what they want, but they don't realize, well, I, I should say this, they, they may be so close to what they want, but they don't understand that, okay, if you just keep on chipping away, you may get there tomorrow or you may get there five years from now. You're not patient enough to wait it out and keep, keep the discipline up. Discipline is what truly separates the good from the great, Ken. Um, and and the, second, the second aspect of it is this. Whatever you want to do in life, you got you, you to gotta have the confidence to do it. There's so many people that, that say, all right, man, that, that's a great idea to start my own business. Man, that's a, that's a great idea to to uh, uh, pursue acting, but look at the other guys. This guy's like, like you know, 10 steps ahead of me. This girl is already, you know, got approved for a loan and is about to, who am I? Uh-uh. If you have that, it goes back to mindset, Ken. If you have that mindset where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and you're constantly doubting yourself, you're never going to reach that goal. I'm reading right now. Another thing I want to pub, to, I encourage everybody to read out there. If you're acting or, or whatever you're doing, I don't care what field you're in. An amazing memoir by Matthew McConaughey. It just dropped not too long ago. Called I, I don't know if you're reading it, Ken, or you heard about it, but Green, Green Lights. Lights. Yeah. So good, bro. I am halfway through it right now, and, and literally today I just probably finished my, my favorite part of the book, where McConaughey, um, he has a moment where he he's he wants this part real bad. It was his breakout breakout part. I forget the name of the movie, but it was with Samuel L. Jackson. He plays his lawyer, and and after this movie, do you know the name of it? I have to look at the name. I can't of remember it, the name of it. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, yeah. If you can look that up, man. But he, but he plays this this lawyer. And uh, this role, like, catapults his career. Uh, he has this epic speech at the end uh, where he gives this, this, this whole speech about, you know, uh, 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 a, a, a black lady getting killed. And then he says to the jury, imagine she's white, you know, and then bam, you know, th that role catapults his career. But in order to get that role, uh, they had somebody else in mind. And Matthew's this up-and-coming actor. He hadn't broken through yet. He told the director, how about me? How about me? I'll play it. I want to play him. The director laughed at him and, and says, no, <laughs> you, you can't carry that role, Matthew. We need another, we need another bigger name to, to, you know, to, to bring in so that it will do well at the box office. And Matthew's like, I can, I can do this. 
the direct director keeps on laughing like no 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 we got other names in mind some time goes by like three months go by two or three months go by and matthew forgets all about it because they have a, another role in mind for them things fall apart with the actions that they have in mind they call matthew like hey you want to play so-and-so he's like Hell yeah, I want to play. I forget the character's name. He runs out there and just starts crying, sobbing, and looks at the universe and says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hey, thank you so much. And the lesson, I, I, I tell that story to tell this, to, 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 to hammer home this lesson that who are you to question what God has in store for you? Who are you? You know, we're, we're just mere human beings. Who are you to question that idea that has been planted in your brain from the higher power to say, no, I don't deserve that. When you go from, yes, I deserve that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, this is my moment. When you start to have that kind of confidence and trust that God is putting you and placing a big seed in your life. That is what catapults your success in whatever you want to pursue. So many of us block our blessings because we don't believe in ourselves. And that is a daily thing, Kim, because we're all human beings. I have self-doubt myself. You know, when you called me up for I Vow, I'm sitting there saying, oh, my God. That was my first big production, bro. And I'm sitting, I remember my initial thoughts. We all had those thoughts. I'm like, damn, this is a big production, Kim. Looking at Sincerely Brenda and how beautiful that how beautiful that film was and the actors in that. And I'm like, who am I? I had a, I had a moment where I'm like, man, who am, who am I? To? Then I'm like, no, Al, this has been placed in your life from the man above, accept it and make sure you work your tail off to make sure that, that Rashad is given the, the, the most honest, natural depiction that Ken wants. And, and when I stopped questioning what God was doing in my life, that's when doors start opening, brother. That's a loaded question. That's a loaded answer to your question. Uh, it was great, bro. No, that was great. That was a good. So let me actually, mm -hmm. I'm going to segue into talking about um, your acting. Before, I want to show a clip of you um, as the Rashad character, show a little scene from my vow. Uh, and uh, okay. we're going to come back and talk about that a little bit. Here we go. Is that right? Yeah, uh, that's right. Shoot, I was all shit. Thought about back to college. <laughs> Whatever, you know I wasn't paying you any attention. <laughs> all right, all right, real talk though. Do y'all remember we all went bowling that one night back in college? It was what, junior year, fall semester, right after finals? Yes. Yes. Kareem bowled a perfect game. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Kareem did bowl the perfect game. And she couldn't resist my perfect game. You know what I'm saying, bro? You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. <laughs> okay, but check this, check this. We had sex that night in her car. Oh my God, you lied to me. You said you were sick and you left, but you were outside? Girl, yes. Having the best sex of my life. Ooh. Of her life. So I chose that scene <laughs> specifically because, and this is how great you did, man. Like, you know, we talked about, and for those of you that have seen Ivo, um, I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but 
for those of you who haven't, right. again, no spoilers, but I chose that sp- scene specifically because, I mean, we're talking about some raunchy stuff in that scene, right? Um, and, <laughs> but when I was writing and thinking about Rashad, I'm like, it, so I give an example of, of this movie that came out with Bill Murray and, um, or her, and, uh, Quincy Jones' daughter, Rashida Jones. And it's on Apple TV. But I've heard of that. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. So the um the the woman who directed it wrote it. She's um I think it's Sophia Coppola. I wanna I believe it's Sophia Coppola. So she says only Bill Murray could play that role. The role of this 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 older guy who's pretty much like a chauvinist and and just saying all these kind of negative chauvinistic things about women to his daughter, right? He's a kind of a player, even in his old age. But she said only Bill Murray could pull it off because the things that he's saying is so can be so demeaning. And you have to have a certain way that you're saying it that's going to be funny, even though it's not that funny, right? And so yeah. I guess what I'm saying is with that Rashad character, the wrong interpretation of it could come off sleazy. Like it could come off like, oh, this dude is just, uh, you know, um, and you did that so well because it's balanced the line of, it's like Rashad is, is, was kind of like comical with it, but serious in his fl- own flirtatious way with his wife, but still comical. It didn't come off rude or, or kind of awkward and weird. It, it just worked so well. And I chose that because of that, you know what I'm saying? And as an actor, these are things that I didn't give you that direction. It's just. You did the work. You know, we had some conversations and you would take from that and say, okay. I think one thing that we talked about was Rashad, the lifestyle that he and Mercedes um, are living doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't make them, this this doesn't define who they are, right? I always believe that people come from a certain, you're shaped by a certain environment, a certain things shape your beliefs. And you may not want to be this way or you, you you may not have started off wanting to be this way and you kind of just fell down this rabbit hole and you need help getting out. Right. So always trying to give people that benefit of the doubt saying we're not born, you know, um, evil, you know. And so, well, not, I, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, of um, course. I love how you approached the character um, is sensitive yeah. subject matter. No, I, I think, Ken, no, you, you put it perfectly, bro, because, you know, when we were doing prep and when I was picking your brain about about how you how you saw Rashad and especially when we started talking about the different scenes and, and that scene in particular, Rashad is, again, not to give me spoilers, but he's playing this game where he, he, he is the, the charismatic life of the party, right? And, but he has this goal in mind during those moments where he wants everybody to be loose, but he's also trying to hammer home a point. So in order to do that, the way I approached it, and when we were talking, you know, we we thought this is the right way to go, is that, okay, Rashad has has to find that line of playing both sides of the fence. The only really way you can do that is through humor. And through charisma, and, and and that is something that that uh, that that's the that's the the choice I made um, 
throughout the majority of of the Ival production, uh, an unexpected request because it works so well. Because you're like looking at Rashad, where like you said, he doesn't come off. He just comes off as a guy who's just a fun guy, you know, fun to hang out with. But what he's saying, and what we find out later, is that hey, he, he got he got something else in mind. <laughs> right, and that's what man. That's why you all did so many chemistry. Y'all did so well because on the surface, when you read the script, it's just like, you know, four friends come together and they're just having this long conversation. And you got some flashback sequences with, you know, um, the other couple. Um, but mm-hmm. it really is I always say like this. What they're talking about is not what they're talking about. Right. The whole thing is just a setup. <laughs> it's such a setup, man. And, you know, in the shout out, shout out to you, Ken, because because one um, you are such an amazing director from from two different perspectives. Number one, uh, you know how to pick talented people, man. And you know who fits what characters. Uh, I saw that in Sincerely Brenda. It carried over to I Vow and I'm sure all of your work, man. Working with, with Letitia, who was so uber talented, uh, blowing up on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, Chaz, who is such a pro, such a professional, as well as, as, well as Deb. Um, we all just clicked. That was all of our, our really first times meeting. I know, I know when I came on set, it was the second day for Chaz and Deb. Uh, and, and we were all kind of meeting each other for the first time as a, as a, as a group, uh, that day. And we just immediately just hit it off. The, the, the chemistry was just natural. Nothing was forced. We were joking around, laughing, having a good time. Uh, while also, you know, staying in character and, and when, when action happened, we were ready. Uh, that's a product of you, bro. You know, the, the atmosphere that you provide uh, on set is amazing, man. And then also from the perspective of of how you allow us, like you'll give us direction, but you allow us also to bring whatever we bring to our characters. And what I noticed, Ken, and I, I had a, you don't know this, but I had a conversation with with Chaz when you were setting up with, with Carlos, uh, the DP, Chaz and I were talking on the side and I was like, Hey man, how, how did the day before go? He was like, man, it was awesome. I was like, what happened, bro? Man, you know, we had this real emotional scene in the bathroom that we shot and man, you know, Ken just, just stopped us at one point and just, you know, talked to Deb and I about what he was trying to do. But man, it was just so, it was in a way that, that it just allowed us to get there and to be natural with it. And he did it in such a way. And, and, and I saw that. That day when we filmed, uh, when Letitia and I came in to film our parts, I saw you have this gift, Ken, uh, whether you know it or not, of, of, of approaching actors and, and getting us to see your vision while allowing us to do our thing and doing it in, a, in an environment in which you trust us. You instill so much trust and confidence in us that it allows us to just say, skip it. It allows me, it allowed me to get out of my head because this being my first like major production, I'm like, I'm over, you know, I'm such a, you know, I prepare so much, but acting is about just being natural and just doing it. You allowed me to get out of my head. And and that was felt from Deb, Chaz and Letitia. We can all attest to that, man. So thank you. Thank wow. you, bro. No, I appreciate that, man. I guess I just got to give glory to God for that, man. Because honestly, it's like, I don't, if someone asked me to teach it, I don't, know exactly how i could teach you know you can begin to reverse engineer things but it but to choose the actors it's always like it is a 
God just dropped something in my spirit about people. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's something that's God given for sure. Yeah. And also shout out to Latoya as well. She's that reinforcement for you. Like, Hey, yes, that's yes. Bam. Yes. That's it right she there. Actually, y'all are, y'all are a team, man. <laughs> man. And it's crazy. She, um, so Emery that's in the D word, um, shout out to Emery. He was on the podcast too. Yeah. Latoya actually saw him on um, social media and I knew of Emery back from high school. We didn't go to the same high school, but we were, you know, I knew of him for a while. And she was like, oh, check out this guy. I didn't even know Emery was an actor. Like, and she said, check, I think he may be good. And, and so I didn't know. So she's always like brushing her shoulders off. Like, yeah, I, I cast it. I did that. <laughs> and it was funny because. Hey, lead casting director, yes. Latoya Nelson. Shout out to her. That's what I'm so, talking about. Yeah, man. But it's, it's so I, what you're saying, I don't even like sometimes recognize it. And she recognized it and said, okay, let me pick up something from that. And I think. You know, just from the energy, man. And so I think we pick up on energy because I always say, like when I do auditions, well, I don't know if I should say, I'll say this because, but I, I don't really listen. I listen to the lines, but it's not about the lines of dialogue. Like, you know, so what I'm always right. looking for is the essence, the spirit of the character in a person, you know? And so that's everything. Yeah. That's everything. Because what I'm learning, man you know, through, through, you know, this journey and, and my studying on the, on the, on the daily, it's all about naturalism and whether or not you fit that role. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that is something that, that, that goes beyond how you're saying a line, you know what I mean? And you have, you have a natural knack for that without a doubt, bro. Oh man, it was great. Like I said, you guys were awesome. And, and that being the first time y'all met each other, and the chemistry was crazy. Again, the chemistry was just crazy, man. And so it could have went, it could have went south fast, you know. And again, like you say, the yeah. trust, the trust just comes from. Okay, this, like God, you put something in my spirit about these particular people, like so. Mm-hmm. I have to trust whatever that is. I may not know right right away, but I have to trust. What it, like like I remember we had a conversation and I was like, Al, um, you got you got to change your voice. Like, I was gonna bring. I was gonna just. I was gonna segue to that. You, 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 because we did. I did a reading with Chaz, and and we're sitting there. And we're we're going through the script, and, and he's like, "Ow, I, I like what you're doing, but I want you to, uh, to to change your voice a bit. I want you to work on that because I'm hearing I'm hearing current sports with Al Martin weekdays at one right now. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, all right, I got you. So I had to really like go, and and it was you know what it was. It was just about me going back and just just saying ow just kick it man you know rashad is carries just just you kicking it like it's just like you had to at a party with, with your fraternity brothers or at a party i mean how would you you know just being naturally charismatic man and once i did that and you know you got that you know i went from went from to having that rashad swag you know laid back a little bit that it just it just came then but and that's the thing that's the thing i say about you man you know when when it, when it comes to directing um, you can have that gift of, of communicating what you want in a clear and concise way and allowing us to find it. And if we don't find it, you'll let us know. You'll let us know for sure. And you do it in a way that's reassuring, though. And, that, and that's something that a lot of directors don't, don't have that balance of. Well, I appreciate it. I need to bring that into my life. Like, I got to make sure I'm communicating <laughs> more clearly. <laughs> 
in my marriage. <laughs> you got it. You got it, bro. That's it don't come with time. With time, man. You got it. You know, <laughs> that's advice man. I can't give you. I don't know how you do that one. I get there one day, but man. Man, oh, that's hilarious. I've been getting hilarious. in trouble, man. I've been getting in trouble, bro. Like, no, so, but no, man. all of us men do, man. We can't, we man. can't get right, bro. It's just man. that's natural. But let's talk about, man. I know I got you. I've been having, I had you on here for a minute, man, and so I wanted to. No, man, I got all the time in the world, bro. We in quarantine. Oh, man. Go ahead. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. bro, so mm-hmm. you did I well. Then you you complete that, and <clears throat> man, you, I see you all of a sudden. And like two or three new projects and so talk about that man like you go from from the you know i've been your first like it wasn't your first on screen but it was kind of a first like feature kind of thing that, that, that went further out right right so exactly so now you've done three feature films after that right three yep well, let's see. One feature, one short, um, another short coming up, and possibly another feature coming up next year. Two projects in 2021 right now. And then a, a random music video, which is that, that's a whole other story. But, bro, it's it's like when when I Vow happened. And look, we're just a, it right now we're recording this like the last day of November. This was just a year ago, bro. You know, and I was just sitting back, man, reflecting on just how how amazing God is, man. I, I give all honor, glory, and praise to him, bro, because oh, when he works, he works, man. When I did your production, um, it hadn't, you know, it, it didn't get released until what, this past summer or spring, right? And, you know, it, it got released and, and uh it, you know, a lot of people saw it on Facebook watches now, of course, on Amazon Prime. And I remember, you know, just me just hammering home at the craft every single day. I started, you know, for, for my class doing these little scene studies, you know, doing these scene studies and, and, and seeing how I could have a different spin on them and, and whatnot. And I'll never forget, bro. This is why I love you so much, man. You, you just you inspire me in so many different ways. And, and you're such a guide for me. I did a scene study that I posted on my Instagram from uh, one of my favorite films. Uh, uh, it was a 007 James Bond film. I never forget, bro. You hit me up. Like, Al, I'm loving these scene studies, man. But no, you ever thought about uh, buying a green screen and, and actually like, you know, putting yourself in the scene? And and I had always, you know, when I'm doing these scenes, when I was doing these scene studies, I would say to myself, man, It'd be really cool if I could make this look like I was there, but I didn't know how to pull it off. And then you brought up that, and I'm like, that is such an amazing idea, Ken. So I could just do it by green screen. So what I did was I went on YouTube. I'm like, can I actually pull this off, though? So I went on YouTube, and I'll never forget. I I got I told you, I get obsessive, bro. When you said that, when you planted that seed, I went on YouTube, and I watched a YouTube video. Like I watched like multiple for like five straight hours. I, I remember I forgot to eat that night. I'm like, oh, hold on. I, I need to get dinner right now. My stomach's rumbling. <laughs> um, but I figured out how to do it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right, let me order this green screen. It was like 20 bucks to order the green screen. I already had a camera. Um, and I started doing these different scene studies and learning how to edit and put myself in the scene. And and they just started, like, you, like and you said this. You're like, I think they'll they'll do really well on social media. And they did, bro. People started watching them. 
and they, they started getting shared and and then all of a sudden man d- directors and writers in the detroit area they, they would see my stuff and i just randomly got hit up and also they knew you too they, they were like oh man we saw i vow and, and saw your work there and i go to your instagram and you're doing this and this and that and i ended up uh getting hit up by shout out to nadia red uh amazing amazing talent uh who's a writer and director in the detroit area nadia hit me up like hey she actually saw she didn't even see my green screen stuff she hit me up uh, after seeing i vow on facebook watch and was like i saw i vow and i got this this role for you um you know it's it's a it's a drama romance i want you to play so-and-so role and i'm like i ain't doing nothing because this is when COVID like first hit you know we're not not first hit but we're like in the middle of it uh but she was like it's gonna be a safe set and we'll you know we'll shoot these days uh, she was so professional. So I'm like, I read the script first. And I'm like, oh, I really like the character. Went out and shot that in about a week. And um, amazing cast. She was such a sweetheart, man. Had a great time doing that. But that that came from Ival. And then from that, a director in, in the Detroit area uh, by the name of, of Ronnie Kirk, he hit me up. And I actually saw this. I saw it posted online. I just, you know, when you're an actor, you're just trying to find work and you're just applying and, and trying to find roles that fit you. And uh, Cheddar Boys was was being shot this year. And I'm like, oh, that sounds, that sounds interesting. That'd be cool to kind of be in that. So I hit apply. And, uh, and Ronnie had seen my stuff on social media. He saw, he saw all the green screen stuff I was doing. He saw I Vow. And, and Ronnie was like, yo, Al. I saw that you applied for Cheddar Boys. I had already seen your stuff, man. Um, I got a role for you. Ken, I didn't even have to audition for this part. He was just like, the role is yours if you want it. Check out the sides. I read the sides, and it was such a different role. It's a it's a it's a drama role. I can't, I don't know, I can't say too much, but it was a role that was unlike a role I played so far. And it led to that. We shot Cheddar Boys. That'd be my first feature. And Cheddar Boys, anybody from Detroit, you know who the Cheddar Boys are. The Cheddar Boys are like, you know, they're like an iconic hip hop group uh, from the, you know, the early 2000s. I even think maybe a little bit in the 90s as well. And uh, I played a role in that. And that'll be coming out soon. Uh, the Nadia Rare production will be coming out soon. Um, it just, it just goes to show, man, when you just, when you work hard and and you get opportunities. This is the key, man. When you work hard and you get opportunities, and I'm a firm believer that even if you screw up an opportunity, because there may be somebody listening out there to think, man, oh gosh, I just messed up this opportunity that I, that I was given. Opportunities are going to keep on coming if you continue to work hard. Your opportunity that you gave me, I made sure I, I worked hard and, and approached it, and, and, and I, I'm professional and, and I do it right. If you are given opportunities and you nail them or, or, or work hard to try and nail them, you never know what can happen, man. And right now I'm just working hard and taking advantage of, of the opportunities I've been given so that I can continue to work on my craft and, and, and get more roles and, and, you know, flex this muscle that, that God has, uh, has blessed me with. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I, I want to stress that though, Ken, because I, you know, so many people say that, uh, you know, as they're always saying that, you know, um, when you're given an opportunity, you got, you know, it's like the Eminem mentality. Remember that movie eight mile he came out with, you got one opportunity, one shot to shine. 
opportunities are going to come if you work hard. More than one opportunity is going to come your way if you work hard at it. Again, if you work hard at it, just make sure that when you're given that, those opportunities, you work hard and 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 try to knock it out the park as best as possible, man. So with every opportunity I've been given, man, I've, I've tried to just work my tail off and be professional, be kind, and let it rip from there, bro. But yeah, you, I, I owe you so much, Ken, because man, you are you are definitely a brother to me, man. And your guidance, your trust in me, I always say, man, in any industry, you need somebody to look at you and say, I wanna give him a shot. And you're that, that guy for me. You're that first guy for me to say, I'm gonna give him a shot. And I am so indebted to you, bro. Thank you so much. No, man, I appreciate that, man. You don't know how much that means just um, because it's just what I feel like um, my purpose is. Right. And I can't I can't work. I I can't wait to work with you again, bro, just because uh, you you, you have just you got to give, man. You got to give anybody who has seen Ken's work. You know that it, it is quality. It's compelling. You know, I had a quick story about about you know, the anthology series, I vow, man, I had five of my fraternity brothers hit me up last week. Like, yo, I loved an unexpected request. Al, you did your thing, but I, I love the whole series. Who, who is this? Who is Ken Nelson? Like asking about you, man. And, and, and then I had one of my fraternity brothers who's, who's married, been married for about, I don't know, like seven years or so talking about, man, I'm sitting there watching this with my wife sweat. He was like, "Ah, what are you doing to me right now, man?" I'm sweating. We watched, They said they, they watched all four films, and he was sitting there having some deep conversations with his wife that he hasn't ever had with wow. her before. So wow. that's the key. What we do is not just about having fun and acting and putting on screen our vision. How that vision impacts people who watch us do what we do. That's the most important part, man. And that's what I love about acting. That's really why I love doing this, Ken, mm-hmm. is, is my, through, through this craft, my ability to, to inspire or impact somebody in seeing my performance. And that's exactly what you're doing through Sincerely Brenda, through I Vow. Man, it's, it's some uncomfortable conversations that need to be had after watching what you guys have put together, man, what you have put together, Ken. And, it, and it's, it's beautiful, bro. Man, yeah, a lot of gems, a lot of gems, a lot of gems on this episode. For real, man. This has been I knew this was about to be epic, but yeah. I already knew. But you know Oh, you knew it, bro. Look, we've been man. on this thing what almost two hours, bro. I love oh, yeah. it. I love oh, it, yeah. man. Oh yeah, man. Love it. Hope you all listening to this. Um I hope you just did you picked up a lot of the things that I was talking about, especially about mindset and about working hard and about showing up, you know, um, and just being a positive energy in the space you know there's a lot of man this is a lot of negativity out here social media does not help you know um with a lot a lot of the mm-hmm. negative news stories and things and we're in a time this year has been a, it been a rough year man but it's but um i'll yeah. share a story just about this year i was listening to a podcast and um somebody was saying that you know there were two restaurants two barbecue restaurants making the same type of food and COVID hit one restaurant said, this is the end. How am I going to survive? They're shutting places down. This is crazy. Like, what's going to happen? Restaurant, same barbecue. Restaurant down, um, down the road was like, all right, let's be proactive. 
Let's set up shop. We're going to do some drive-through stuff outside for people that want barbecue. We're going to put the table, set them apart six feet before it got crazy, right? This happened before it really got crazy. Restaurant that was proactive had hour-long waits for their barbecue. Guy down the road, you know, and it went out of business, was struggling. But the difference between the two was one saw it as the end. One saw it as the beginning of something new, right? And so it's that mindset, man. A lot of times we... We, we, we look at things and we have the woe is me attitude and we're not seeing it for what it might be. This could be a time to pivot, to do something new, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, spiritually right. speaking, God is changing the assignments on you or God is giving, putting obstacles in your way to test your faith, right? It's not always the devil. And I, I wanted to go spiritual too, because this is what we were talking a little earlier in the conversation. We, you talked about that mindset and, and you hit, you hit on the spiritual aspect a little bit. I know I said I was wrapping up, but I'm going back down another road now. No, but um, for sure. Let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted you to hit briefly on the spiritual aspect of uh when we said people that may be lazy or people that aren't they're, they're, they're they give up before their time. And when we look at that from the spiritual aspect, you know, we have verses that say, I can do all things to strength through Christ that strengthens me. Right. Um, or it is, uh, what's another one, you know, faith without works. But then there's another one that say, ask and you shall receive, ask for anything in my name and you shall receive. But so I think though, that sometimes we can take those verses out of context or we can, we, we use them in the wrong way. I feel sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. and I want you to hit on that. Like for people that may be listening, like, well, God, I pray every day and I'm going to, you know, I want to do this, but there are some other key ingredients that you might be missing and you can't blame God or, or it's not always the devil. Right. So talk about, hit on that for me, man. Oh, can you get so real, bro? Man, because, oh boy, and that is so layered too, because there are, and we all, we all either know people or we are that person that says, woe is me, I'm praying every single day, I'm I'm working hard every single day, and I'm not where I want to be. And that can be when it comes to whatever goal you have, you know, starting up that company, uh, finding your your dream uh, husband or or wife. Right. Um, And you're sitting there saying, why? At the end of the day. You're being tested. And you got to realize that if it was easy. Everybody would be accomplished and, and would have, you know, their goals in hand. What If you're struggling and we all struggle, I don't care who you are, when you're going to pursue something, you're going to struggle, especially if you are pursuing something that is, that you know, and there's evidence that it is God ordained. Because you know what happens? The devil says, oh, this is God ordained, huh? All right, I'm going to see how bad you want this. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really see how bad you want this. 
it is always when you when you you know <laughs> again i was having a, a convo with one of my homies uh not too long ago when you when you when you want to do right as a man you know whatever it is uh, uh you know being a faithful lover right that, that's that's what we we're talking about with him we were having this conversation and it's like right when you you're like all right man i'm done with all the all the women I've, I've I've dated, you know, I'm 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 focused on this one. This is the one right here. It's always in that moment, right, where you know you may get that text from from an old fling from back in the day, or girls are hitting your DMs left and right. It's a test. Okay, show me how bad do you want this, right? <clears throat> because the devil's going to work anything that is working for his purpose and his good. The devil is going to come after it. 10 times over. And um, and Ken, please, why am I drawing a brain fart here on the man that God, <clears throat> he was ordained, right? And like, it, it, you can test it. He told, God basically told the devil, like you can test him and throw oh, at Job. whatever you got. Job, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Job went through everything. I mean, he, he he is like the prime example of this, where 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 God is just gonna be like, hey, that one right there, I know, will not fail me. You don't want to be that that person that drops the ball, because you you can drop the ball, and your purpose can realign. It has it, happened. I mean, there's there's many examples in the Bible about that. So know that there are consequences if you do drop the ball, but he'll still love you. His, his mercy, and that's what I love about God. His mercy is just so enduring. He still loves you and there will be other opportunities if you're truly after his heart and seeking him, but you can mess up and there are lessons to be learned when you do mess up. But when you do, you gotta understand that if you are anybody out there listening, if you if you are going through a lot right now, if you are struggling to 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 do and accomplish that goal that you have in mind, you should praise him right now. You should shout right now because that is active confirmation that you are walking in the path that God has for you. The struggle is a testimony the struggle is reassurance if you ain't struggling and it's easy peasy i would question that ken over over you know sitting there down and out crying and, and praying and and, and, and you feeling like you know he's not listening to you it's a test he's just testing you there's there there's beauty in the journey there's beauty in the struggle and it took me a while to, to learn that ken you know going back you know Looking back at when I was, I told you about those three months that felt like three years, right? When I graduate, I have all these internships. I'm sitting back home with, with mama and grandma on the west side of Detroit. Like, when is Annie Station going to call me to be a sports reporter? And I started questioning everything. Like, dang, did I, I just waste four years of my life? Should I have gone into a field that is more guaranteed? Like, you know, all of my homies who are in engineering and and, and, you know, nursing and doing, you know, jobs right now that they're getting paid from. And then it's like, no, man, God's testing my mindset. He, he's testing how, how much I trust him. 
And another thing, too, because you've touched on this. I'll just touch on this and, and leave it. Faith without works is dead. If you got faith in something and you say, yeah, I'm going to do this and that, but you're not working. Why are you sitting back wondering why nothing's happening? You got to put in the work, man. You know, I, I, I guess that's just as plain as I can say it. You know, it's in the Bible. Faith without works is dead. You cannot sit there and, and, and say to yourself, well, I got the faith that it's going to happen. Well, um, are, are you um, are you hitting up or trying to seek mentorship? Um, are you watching YouTube videos or are, are you are you doing everything that you can in order to get better? Or, or in order to pursue what you want to pursue? Or are you just hoping for a miracle? You know what I mean? No, it, it, it don't work that way. Because there, I guarantee you, there are millions, yes, millions of people out there who are going after the same thing that you want, but are putting in a ton of more work. Simple as that, man. So man, that, that's the Bible for you. Man, I'm, la- <laughs> I'm laughing at the faith of that works. Not the faith that it works, but the miracle part because <laughs> because right, man, I, right? I, I never told this story publicly. Um, mm. uh, but uh, when Brenda, oh, um, so I'm getting on this episode, we're getting exclusive. An, an exclusive right now. Yeah, okay, exclusive. There we go. Like you know, <laughs> I uh, before we started shooting Brenda, you know, we we did a crowdfund to raise um, some money for the budget. <laughs> First crowdfund we did it was like. The Lord will provide, like, but we didn't have, we didn't have a clear strategy. Had a little bit of a strategy, but I'd never crowdfunded before, right? So I did a little research okay. here and there. But when you're trying to raise that much, and you don't have a clear strategy from the beginning, it was just a lot of things, a lot of mistakes, and a lot of things that. But it was a, such a learn lesson. One, you can't say. Oh, Lord, give us a miracle because we're good. That that's that doesn't work. And I think that is something mm-hmm. that that took me a while to kind of get over and even reading the scripture and just understanding like just because I'm good or feel like I'm good um, and I'm praying does not mean that I'm going to reach that goal. Right. If I don't put in, right. if I don't have some of the adequate research and I didn't do, you know, set up an adequate, adequate strategy. And then maybe it's just not for, maybe God has a different plan. Maybe that's not in his will. You know, maybe God's exactly. will was for me to go through struggle to learn. Like I was reading about how I was wondering, like when you read about Moses in Egypt and how, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Like it was, it, I was watching a scripture, watching a sermon um, from T.D. Jakes and I think Stephen Furtick too. But I was reading about like when they said okay god hardened pharaoh's heart and then pharaoh actually hardened his own heart as well but there were certain instances where god was doing it and i'm like why would god harden if he wanted his people to, to be free why would god harden pharaoh's heart why wouldn't he just like soften mm. pharaoh's heart and let his people mm-hmm. go free and now re- after reading and realizing that no he hardened his heart and kept hardening it so that people can see that it's because of god that they're set free. It's God is the only God that you should worship, right? They wanted to see it. They he yes. wanted them to see his power. And so he had to harden 
Pharaoh's heart and create all these obstacles so that people, when they came out of bondage and all the, the works that Moses was doing through God, like that Mo the God was doing through through Moses, they're like, oh, that is the one and true God, right? So I'm saying I would have to say, maybe it wasn't yes. his will for me to get that because I had to go through these things. And then there's certain things that did happen eventually with Brenda that I can't take credit for, that my team can't take credit for. It's like, how did we do this? Or how did this happen? That was the miracle in it, right? Not me saying, God, please let these people just drop this. It's like, no, you're going to see, but it's not going to be this way, the way you think it's going to turn out. So I think that's a big thing is some people you're out here frustrated and upset and saying God's not listening. And maybe what you want is not his will, but it's your will, right? It's your will. So true. And, and this is the thing, Ken. The Bible also, and I, and I lean on this a lot. My power is made its greatest during your weakness. I love that. Meaning that at your lowest point, when you are sobbing and, and questioning everything, rejoice because this is when I can show up and show out so that you can deliver a testimony to those who are going through the same experience you're going through to let you know that this is reassurance and this is supposed to be happening right now. I love that. Anytime I feel weak or if I'm, I'm doubting anything, I, I lean on that. Another thing is that, you know, I, I love this quote from, uh, from Michael Jordan. Uh, again, I'm a big Michael Jordan guy. And he talks about, um, in, in one of his documentaries called Airtime, uh, he made like five documentaries during his playing career. And one of them is called Airtime. And there's a moment in there where he talks about, um, coming back from playing baseball. You know, he took that two-year hiatus and, and he struggled. A lot of people don't know. I mean, Mike, Mike, when he came back at war number 45, he lost to the Orlando Magic that year. Then he switched 23 and then won three more. But when he lost, uh, I remember he, he says in the documentary of The Last Dance that he hit up Tim Grover. And, you know, after he the, the day the, the day after he lost, he was back in the gym with his uh, his trainer, Tim Grover, like, hey, it's time to get back to work, man, because I got I to gotta get back to that pinnacle. But he has a quote in there that talks about, um, at some point, you know, I'm talking to all the hard workers out there, the grinders out there. At some point, if you are working hard and are still, you still feel like you're struggling and you haven't met that goal yet, Mike said that at, at some point you have to trust that the hard work is going to pay off and you got to rest. You got to rest, man. That's another thing too. You know, we, 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 I talk about grinding so much, but resting is also very very important if you are and if you can if you can honestly ask yourself at the end of the day well honestly tell yourself at the end of the day that i am putting in the work every single day and i'm hammering home at it and and, and why isn't this happening take a step back and say i'm trusting you lord and i'm trusting that the work that i'm putting in it is it, going to pay off go go read a book go play some video games whatever you do for leisure you know i Whatever you do for leisure, go do that and, and, and put your, your, your trust and faith with God. And also, too, I had to learn this, too, Ken, in this in this in this crazy 2020 world that we live in with social media and everything and all the distractions and everything. Um, I, I am so bad at this, but I'm getting better at it. Set aside at least at the very least five minutes out your day. To turn this thing off. Shut off the TV, shut off your gaming console, just sit 
in quiet alone and just meditate on God. You can just sit there and just stare at the walls and just talk to him or just think about him and just, just, you know, try and hear from him. I encourage anybody out there to do that because it's good for the soul. If you can, if you can spend way more than five minutes on Instagram every single day, you can sit there in silence and just, and just think about God and talk to him. It does. It's doing so much for my own soul, Ken. Um, and it just makes you, it just makes you feel good. And you never know. He's going, he'll, he'll talk to you. You just got to listen. He's right there. He's, we're so crazy. He's always with us. Always. Sometimes you just got to sit there and just listen, man. Just get quiet and just listen. Man, we're going to end it right there. Man. <laughs> yes, sir. Bro, thank yes, you sir. so much for coming on. Where can listeners find you, follow you, support you? Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So uh, you can follow me on, on IG at underscore underscore Al Martin, A-L-M-A-R-T-I-N. I'm, I'm very active on there, as Ken knows. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. That's more so for my, you know, for those uh, who are fans of sports. I put all my sports broadcasting stuff there and, you know, whatever may, thoughts may be on my mind. Uh, follow me there at Al Martin, W-K-A-R. Uh, and you can also just simply go to WKAR.org if you want to check out anything that I'm doing uh, as far as sports broadcasting and reporting is concerned. Uh, but probably my, my most active page, though, is, is Instagram. Follow me at underscore underscore Al Martin. Al, brother, thank you so much, man. Look, I'm looking forward to working with you again and just, you know. Yes, sir. Once uh, this whole COVID thing is all lifted, we could go do lunch, coffee, man. We can just chop it up more. You know, we still got lunch we got to do. We never got a chance to get around to it. You know? I know. Right when we were about to do it, it set something up. COVID was like, eh, pause. <laughs> right. So, yo, we going to set that up. And, and, and Ken, I just want to tell you, bro, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for, for having me back on. And, and, and keep on walking in your purpose, bro because you have no idea how many people you are inspiring and motivating by doing this every single week, man. And just being you. So uh, I love you, bro. Uh, and thank, thank you so much, man. Thank you, bro. Love you too, bro. And uh, you are listening. Thank you all for listening. Um, go follow Al, go support him. Look out for him in his upcoming projects. Uh, and uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you go subscribe and rate the show. It really helps me out. Helps me get out to more people. And uh, yeah, this was epic. This was a great episode. I knew it was going to be great. I I knew it too, man. Look, look, two hours in, baby. I love it. I know. All right. (laughs) All right, y'all. See you next week. Peace.